and welcome to this latest edition of the Powder Blue Podcast. This week looks a lot different than last week. Last time we had a show, the Phillies were off a long losing streak, and this week the Phillies won five in a row. Nice change of pace, fueled by their new bullpen, which got even newer uh, on Monday, and we'll talk all about that. Frank Close here with Jeff Mosher. Jeff, what's going on? Frank, how are you? I'm hanging in. I'm hanging in. So these... uh, uh, this this Phillies team has been a little up and down, wouldn't you say? Yeah, the the team has been up and down. The bullpen is basically a carousel, and I, I'm it's like don't stay, don't get comfortable. This guy might be gone, and another guy might be in by by tomorrow. So it's been a, a real adventure trying to keep up with everybody who's been in and out lately. But I think this latest iteration of the bullpen is, which is very, very <laughs> different than the first one, right? So if we compare yeah. opening day till now, they don't look anything alike. So uh, we'll we'll break all that down for you, and we'll look at the Phillies' offensive success. You know, even though they managed to lose a game in which they scored ten runs, which doesn't happen a lot, but it's it's worth talking about. And uh, Hunter's off tonight. We have a special guest with us, us, Mr. Greg Hall. Greg, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Appreciate it. And Greg does a great job at sportstalkphilly.com, and he's written and podcasted a lot over the years, and uh, we'll make sure we'll we'll let you plug your podcast at the end. But uh, but let's talk some Phillies first. So, uh, so Greg, why don't we we start with you? The Phillies made a trade today, picking up reliever David Phelps from the Milwaukee Brewers. Before we talk about the, the trade deadline as a whole, what do you think of David Phelps? David Phelps, I think, is reliable um come <laughs> and it's i think even average in the major leagues is reliable when you talk about the phillies bullpen so far in 2020 so you'll take average uh what i really like about david phelps is is the way first of all he's very efficient second off he's a pro he's a veteran he's pitched with girardi before under joe girardi before so it's there's that relationship there's and you're you're giving away next to nothing. Three players to be named later. The players have been announced. It's nobody of real note, uh, nobody from the 60-man. So, really, it's a win-win to help shore up a bullpen that sure needs it. Jeff, isn't that basically – I was going to say, isn't that basically – I love the way Greg put it. As It's like he struggled to come up with a really positive adjective, so he came up with reliable, which is sort of positive. But for the Phillies, it's like extra positive. But it kind of reminds me of what we said – in our last podcast, just about Hembry and um, and David Hale, right? Where it's like I don't know; these guys are to me a bunch of 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 Tommy Hunters, and on the Phillies, Tommy Hunters a pretty good reliever who they need. But if you put him on some of the better teams, Tommy Hunter might not even be your eighth inning guy; it might be your sixth or seventh inning guy. But for the Phillies, that's what they need. I mean, there, there's nobody in this bullpen that you look at and say, that guy is outstanding. But at the same point, this is not a bullpen that you feel will have an ERA over 10 after the next two or three weeks. So I'm in the middle here, Frank. They're better off. um, But where they were coming from was so bad that they couldn't help get a little bit better. But would you say this is – so? We all know that there are many extra playoff spots this year, but would you say, Jeff, that this is enough to win now that they've added four guys in trade? And by the way, we'll talk about him in a second. Ranger Suarez is back. So that's 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 five new bullpenners <laughs> in yeah. the span of like 10 days. 
Right. Jojo too. Jojo too. And Jojo you can't forget Jojo. Yeah. Yeah, it's really is it is it enough? Right? I mean, they score a lot of runs, right? So all you need is somewhat of an adequate bullpen to be able to win a decent amount of games with the amount of runs they're scoring. So yeah, it's better. Is it enough to you know go deep into the playoffs? Well, I, to me, I think the the question that has to be answered now that they've brought in so many guys is what are their roles? And I think Joe Girardi doesn't even know that right this second. He's got to figure that out. We know Workman's going to be the closer. We think, we hope that he holds on to that. Uh, and th- there's probably some question mark there. But, you know, I think he's got to figure out who's, who's going to be the eighth inning guy. Who's going to be seventh? Who, how is he going to maneuver lefty versus righty? He's got a lot of new guys. And, and some of them are probably going to have to acclimate a little bit and figure, their own, figure out their own way here. So, but unfortunately, they don't have, like, all season to do that. And it's condensed. But fortunately, a lot of teams make the playoffs. So, so let's that's talk- my – long-winded way of saying I think that they're they're going to be all right but I'm not exactly sure how good they're going to be so let's look at David Phelps for a second so Matt Breen of the Philadelphia Inquirer he dug up a quote from Joe Girardi from the offseason so I (laughs) I think this has its origin when Joe Girardi was a TV analyst and just assessing uh, the signing of Milwaukee (laughs) uh, of signing David Phelps here's what he said he said I think he's one of those guys that has the ability to be a multiple inning reliever who gets left-handers and right-handers out He's also a guy who is extremely prepared. He studies the game, can perform multiple roles. So, Greg, Jeff talked a little bit about trying to figure out the roles of the team. Where is David Phelps in your bullpen? David Phelps is my right-handed seventh-inning guy, When kind of with Tommy Hunter. And I think, to Jeff's point earlier, Workman's the closer, but at least the Phillies have the luxury of, if he fails, falling back to Hector Neris, who has had success in the role before. You know, he's getting it together now. We've seen a couple of really solid Hector Neris innings uh, lately. So Last I week, think that right, kind Jeff? of... Jeff? <laughs> we, we, we may have to fight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that slots Phelps into the seventh inning role. But to be honest, and I, it's crazy that we're saying this, but Tommy Hunter has been really good. So it's, it's one of those sticky situations where do you go with the guy who got you there or do you just put the shiny new toy in? And I think, Joe, having the relationship with Phelps, you give him the first outing. And if he gets two ground balls and a strikeout, one, two, three, and works out of it, well, then you just keep going, you keep going. So I would imagine low leverage to start, ramp that back up. He'll probably finish somewhere in a seventh inning role. And, and Tommy Hunter, to your point, I'll keep talking about him for a second. I mentioned this last week. It seems like when he's got his velocity, he's fine. Yeah. The days that he seems to not really be able to ramp it up, warming up, uh, he wasn't so fine. But let's be honest, as the season progresses and he kind of comes back from that injury, I, I think he's building strength. Jeff, is, is that a fair thing to say, that maybe maybe the low-velocity days are, are, are a testament to the early part of this crazy season and maybe not where he's going to kind of end up? Yeah, I would hope so, Hunter. I, I'm Hunter. I, Tommy Hunter. <laughs> uh, I would hope so, Frank. <laughs> By the way, we need Greg to play the role of Hunter in this podcast. Yeah, if we call you Hunter, just, you'll just uh, well, go along with it. Absolutely crazy. Right? I've been yeah. called worse. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I would think – I would tend to agree with you. I think that – and I don't know why. It's not like – I don't know. Was He He wasn't out, right? Was he one of the guys that was on the uh, was out for a little while on the COVID list? He was he not, did, right? He did. He did admittedly have COVID. Um, oh, that's right. Yes. He was, so, so he was one of the first, it. though. So when um, – and actually, interestingly, he would not have been ready for opening day if, if they started on time. Uh, right. So he was coming back from injury. 
uh, I, I know because someone, someone I know um, who knows him personally told me like right before the shutdown that he was still a few weeks away from throwing. So um, that yeah. never happened. But, you know, when the, the season started late, even with the COVID battle that he, he kind of picked it up working out down in Clearwater, um, he was still ready to go when summer camp opened. So, so at least he had right. that. But you got to imagine, it, you know, it takes a while. I mean, that summer camp was, was barely, what, a couple of weeks. So, right. uh, so probably um, he needed some time to ramp up his arm strength. Yeah, that's fair. And, and uh, so I would hope what we've seen late is more like what we see going forward. Um, but again, I'm not going to turn, you know, Hunter's a pretty good reliever. He is, and he'd be good for, for any team. I, I'm I'm done with with Hector Neris. You know that. You know I've never liked him, even when he had his good st- stretch. And I kind of look at the numbers game here, right? So you're keeping what 13 pitchers normally, right, Frank? Is that is that how many? Well, right. No, the normal thing is 13, but we're up. To, I mean, th- well, the normal number is 13 pitchers. Um, right. There's eight of them in the bullpen right now with the two extra players on the roster. There, they'll probably sit at around 10. All right, so I'm trying to figure out if you're adding Ranger Suarez to the mix and you've got Suarez, Hunter, Morgan, Alvarez, um, Phelps would be five, Hembry would be six, and David Hale, right? That's seven. I mean, where are we putting Hector Neres here? Because I haven't also mentioned – I did say Suarez coming back, right? Yes, so, uh, but I feel like I'm leaving somebody out. So Jojo Romero and Blake Parker. So those two guys, I mean, where's the role for Hector Neris now? Because I don't, I've always felt the only thing he can really be is a closer. And I've also felt he's, he's not a very good closer. So <laughs> I, I'm, I just don't know what kind of role he gets. And I, and I agree that he, he's bounced back a little bit, but, and that's kind of my issue with this bullpen. And it, I just have shades of Middleton, and McPhail in the season-ending press conference talking about how well their bullpen was in September. Great, wonderful. Streakiness is not best. what you want want out of your out of your middle relievers or your or your closers. So right now it looks like Hector Neris is the setup guy. I mean, let's face it; he had a he had a good he had a good week. All right, so yeah. um, you know Workman was worked a lot. Uh, so, uh, but each time it seemed like Hector Neris was in front of him, and he. He put he put up some zeros. So you don't think Phelps was added to be that guy, though? I I don't know. I'm kind of with Greg. I, I'm not really sure what the plan is yet. Well, the issue with Phelps, not the issue, but is that if you look at his year this year that he's having, and you know, granted it's just 12 games, but all of his numbers are not um, really indicative of the kind of pitcher that he's been. He's been good, but you know, he's got a two seven seven now. His career is three eight. He generally strikes out. 8.6 per nine innings. He's at 13.8 this year. <laughs> so his, his whip is 0.692. He's 1.3 career. So it's really hard. Uh, listen, I think it's great. These guys, we know middle relievers can, can just come out of nowhere and have these great years. And so it makes sense to bring him in now while he's hot. But if that's the case, I want him right now in those, pre- in, in those moments to, uh, of late games. I, want, I feel like he's the most reliable arm they have now just based on what he was doing this year well let me ask someone who's not a Hector Neris hater so so Greg um, <laughs> can you actually at this point all right Neris already lost his closer job do you, do you take the eighth inning away from him too now because Phelps is in town let's not forget that the Phillies overall have been pretty healthy and especially their pitching staff, Sands, like Ranger. It's been a fairly decently healthy staff. Tommy Hunter is one pitch away 
from more injuries. If there's one thing to sum up his Phillies tenure, it's IL. So I, I, I almost want to say these things will work themselves out. But while you have the Good pieces, point. while you have the pieces, roll with the pieces. Joe uh, tends to overmanage the pen just a, a smidgen, a smidgen. And I think a little bit of that is the three batter rule. And I think even that, that. plays into uh, me too. But I think even that kind of goes into our psyche of what this bullpen looks like for the rest of the season. I don't mess with, I hate to say what's working because what's working again is it couldn't have been any worse than the first month of the season. Um, but you only have 30 games left and too much tinkering now just leads to bad things coming down the stretch. You have a seven game series with the Marlins <laughs> coming up and just a, like who says that, right? So uh, you're, you're going to need all of these guys. So I love that Girardi's carving out roles, but I don't mess with a good thing. I start Phelps in low leverage. I let Hector get his swagger back. I let, you know, love him or hate him. When you get out, I don't care what your name or number is. And he's doing that right now. I just, I let that, I let that go. So I'm, I'm Hector. I don't even like Workman as a closer. If we can start there, I don't I'm like actually Brandon with Workman's. you on that. Yeah. yeah. He's not a closer to me. I mean, he got 16 saves last season. Let's not forget Phelps is also coming off Tommy John in 18. He's only a season, you know, two seasons removed from that. So there's a lot of moving pieces. I, was it enough? You know, I'm sure we'll talk about it. I'm, they're kind of figuring out the roles now. Let's get to that seven gamer and see how Joe uses his pen there. Once that series is over, I'd be ready to have a more definitive conversation. So talk, speaking of those double headers, they've, they have five double headers left and including uh, a week from, from now starting September 8th, they have three double headers in six days, which I think is incredibly cruel. I don't, has that ever <laughs> happened in the history of baseball that you have three double headers in six days. And, and I've said this before, but if the Cardinals get off the hook or any of these other teams that missed a lot of time, get off the hook of 60 games, Phillies better damn well get off the hook for, for some of these games. Cause that is just, that is just cruel. Uh, and you know, last week when they decided not to play uh, the, the game against the nationals that added another, another double header. Thankfully, somehow this past weekend, the hurricane remnants seemed to work around uh, the two Phillies games. Cause I thought yeah. for sure, amazingly, at least one, if not both. <laughs> We're going to have a, have a rain out and the Phillies definitely could not handle that today. So, so you're talking, so you're talking a lot of games in a row. So uh, maybe, maybe, uh, Mary, maybe Neris uh, closes one of the doubleheader workman, the other, and the, uh, the sixth inning guy, I guess <laughs> becomes, uh, one of them is Phelps and one of them is Hunter. So, or um, your starter, maybe that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> Yeah, maybe your starter would be can nice. catch seven innings. Yeah, it would be yeah. nice if you catch a catch a. Uh, 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 it's going to happen, but obviously, if you get a Nola or, or a Wheeler on a, one of the doubleheader days, maybe they can just make it less of an issue by finishing one of them. You know, so uh, Joe, Joe's been a little quick with the hook in the doubleheaders, though, for the starter. And I think with yeah. a seven gamer and all those doubleheaders, our starting rotation is going to have to step up and pitch some major innings. Our bullpen can't handle it. No bullpen can. It, they just get, even by adding the extra guy you get to add for a double header, it's that's so much tax on a on a bunch of arms that are unproven. Our starters are really gonna have to step up. Speaking of that, so so maybe we'll use that as a lead into my next my next point here. I thought that the Phillies should have been after a starting pitcher at this trade deadline. Uh, Vince Velasquez, despite the fact he said he earned his fifth spot in the starting rotation, I just think he was the last one that wasn't Nick Pavetta or or with COVID. Um, that, that was the real reason uh, he was the fifth starter. And um, the other thing was 
uh, of course, uh, Spencer Howard's service time. That's the only reason why Vince Velasquez got to start at the beginning. There's, but there's, they're going to need some starters. They're going to need extra starters. There's no, there's no way around it. Uh, do you even bother get, letting Vince Velasquez do it, or is there even any other option, Jeff? Well, I mean, you, you know, you pointed it out. You're going to have all these doubleheaders. You're going to need guys who can fill multiple type of roles. You're going to need a guy who can start a game and be a reliever. Unfortunately for the Phillies, <laughs> Vince Velasquez fits that bill. Uh, I'm a big fan. Not a lot of people are, but in this case of trying to do a piggyback at least. For example, if you've got three good innings out of Vince Velasquez, and amazingly, if they're efficient innings, and you know it's only seven, I still won't be tempted to throw him out there for the fourth inning. I'm just going to say, thank you for giving me three good innings. I'm going to go now do a different, different pitcher. And that's probably going to look, to Greg's point, like more Girardi overmanaging, but I would rather that case with Vince Velasquez and try to get more than you bargained for with him. But I do think he is one of those guys who you would naturally think to use as a piggyback starter. And my worry right now is with the the guys the Phillies have, there there really is no starting pitcher option even on the, even on the forty man. I guess JoJo Romero was a starter last year. In fact, mm-hmm. I watched him pitch the finale in in Trenton uh, for the for the Reading fight in Phils. Um, I, I thought he was well, he had a little bit of a rough year last year. I don't think they're ready to start him, nor is he stretched out to be a starter. So like. No. I, Cole Irvin, I, I I think he's probably the next oh, next guy to lose stop. his forty man spot. Stop. I mean, just um, <laughs> no. I'm not saying you bring him up. I'm saying he's the next guy to lose his his forty man spot at this point. Right. I mean, uh, I mean, it would be if, if Ranger Suarez hadn't missed most of the year, he would be one who's been both a starter and a reliever. But obviously, he's he's working his way back into form. I mean, you have enough guys now, Frank, where you could theoretically just kind of do a, a, a game two type of uh, two, 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 one and, and try to get the most out. You know, Joe has done that before. Uh, he did that in, with the Yankees. He was, he was fairly good with managing his bullpen with the Yankees. But, of course, he had guys like David Robertson and Andrew Miller and Heraldus Chapman, not, not these guys that he has now. Um, so, but, but, honestly, sometimes the best you can do is just ask for these guys to give you – one or two innings and you're not exhausting them and you're not asking them to do too much beyond that. I could see David Hale starting, giving him two innings <laughs> in that bullpen game. I could see that. Yeah. yeah David, David Hale, He's by the way, only one appearance so far. It's a, uh, they waited so long to use him and then he yeah. ends up relieving Arietta and having, having a little bit of trouble there for his first uh, Phillies appearance. So, so maybe, maybe David Hale with the clean inning, he, he historically he hasn't been that, has not been that bad. So, um, let's look at then at um at, at then at the the NL East because I mentioned the Phillies didn't add a starter, uh, but the Atlanta Braves they they had Tommy Malone like hours before he was to pitch against the Phillies, which is I I've never seen that happen that you trade for a guy and he starts that night. I mean I know Baltimore is not that far from here, but um but that 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 was that was quite an ask of the Atlanta Braves to to do that to Tommy Malone. I you know someone. Someone wrote me on Twitter, uh, I guess, the before the game. Probably, it was probably Saturday night, and he was like, who's, who's going to start for the Phillies, uh, I mean, for the Braves tomorrow? And I forget the guy they had listed. I don't even know his name. You know. Uh, you yeah, know yeah, exactly. Uh, so, oh, yeah, that's right. So, but, but the Braves, desperate for starting pitching. Uh, you know, that's going to be their big downfall, and, and I don't know if Tommy Malone is enough to, to let the Braves hang in there. What do you think about that, Greg? So I think the Braves' offense is their fifth starter. 
<laughs> like they, <laughs> they, they just have, they have no pitching outside of Max Freed and Max Freed doesn't have a very long track list of being an ace. I mean, this is his first real season being at the top of a rotation and he's only there because Soroka got hurt. Um, you know, hope obviously he gets well soon, but that's a lot of pressure to put on a kid. He's still very young. There isn't much behind him. I mean, I remember coming into last season thinking and talking about all these internal arms, the young arms the Braves had, and they really oh, yeah. just haven't worked out. I think the one that we saw, Ian Anderson, the Phillies luckily skipped him. I think he could work out. Um, but still, you know, it's an unproven kid. It's like saying Spencer Howard's going to start game yeah. one of a playoff series. It's a rough ask of a kid. So while I think their offense is good enough to win them this division, uh, I don't think their starting staff holds up in a playoff series against the Dodgers, against, you know, the Cubs this season have been really, really good. So uh, I, I just don't know. It really is amazing to think that they once, you know, I guess or as early as last year when they started the year, they had high hopes for guys like Kevin Gausman, I think they had at the time, Fulton Avich, Newcomb. They had like, they're completely a different staff than they thought that they were going to be, you know, a, a year later. And I agree. I think, you know, their offense is way ahead of their pitch. I was worried that they were going to swing a deal at the deadline to get like uh, even a Robbie Ray or, or somebody who might move um, yeah. who be a decent starter. And well, thankfully they weren't able to. Well, they signed coming into the season, they signed those two young, those two youngsters, Cole Hamels and Felix Hernandez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they didn't quite work out. So, you know, yeah, when you bet the farm dollars. on the young kids. Now they obviously they only paid 37% of it, but $18 million for a one year deal for Cole Hamels. He has yet to throw a pitch and probably won't remember, remember, remember when everybody wanted the Phillies to sign him and they were upset that the Braves spent $18 million on it. Imagine Cole Hamels uh, signing for, for 18 million to pay play for the Phillies this year, but that have ruined his legacy, right? And they, oh, that the, that the, the grand return never actually happened. So, so, there, there's some opportunity here. I mean, the Washington Nationals, the Phillies just beat them um, Monday night. Uh, it scored a lot of runs off of them. Uh, their, their starting rotation depth is, is, is hit. I mean, Steven Strasburg, who had 12 dis, uh, disabled stints in his career, now on the injured list uh, this year, carpal tunnel surgery. So I, I don't know how the, the Nationals thought that because Strasburg had one healthy year, they should give him that big extension. And they let Anthony Rendon walk, and they've got some other issues, you know. That uh, so, the Nationals are they even in a, a position to repeat, Greg? No, and I, I, I was totally a believer of the long layoffs going to help them. It's going to get them back on track. They're not going to suffer the 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 woes of the World Series winning team kind of being. You saw it in '09 with the Phils, even though they got back there. Cole Hamels was never the same that year. Um, so. Uh, you know, Corbin and Scherzer at the top of a rotation is still phenomenal. Fetty was okay, except when he pitches against the Phillies, apparently. Um, but outside of that, again, there's just – I was expecting more of that youth movement. You're not really getting it. The Nationals' offense is inconsistent. They have the best hitter on the planet, in my opinion, in, in Juan Soto. Um, but outside of that – Dribble Cabrera. <laughs> yeah, right. He's the second. <laughs> they, they have all the Great former turn. Phillies middle infielders. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they just have to get Bautista. They're struggling so much that Cabrera's batting cleanup for them. Lately. He batted I mean, cleanup Monday night. How about that? <laughs> and Howie Kendrick third. <laughs> yeah. two, the I mean, two former Phillies middle infielders, and then Josh Harrison, of course, ends up uh, pinch hitting in the five hole. So, uh, who who didn't make the Phillies this year, thanks to Phil Gosselin. Uh, he's been having a good year too, by the way, Josh Harrison. So, he, you know, Phillies Phillies really had to uh, 
Um, he was the one that was the unfortunate cut this year, I think. But, but I, yeah, but looking at this, at this uh, Nationals offense, yeah, they've got some unbelievable talent. Certainly Juan Soto. Uh, Luis Garcia is going to be something probably. Uh, yep, but he's Trey bad. Turner. Yeah, and Trey Turner. So they, they do have and, – and, and don't, don't forget in center field, um, their usual center fielder, uh, Robles. So they, yeah. they, they do have some really nice young talent, but I don't know if that's enough for, for them to, to really sort of uh, overcome where they are now. I mean, uh, losing to the Phillies Monday night, that puts them at 12 and 20. Uh, so, but that, that's, that's quite the, quite the uh, gap to get out of right now. So, um, so I'll ask you first, Jeff, this, is this NL East wide open for the Phillies taking? Uh, you know, wide open is – uh, an interesting term. I, it's open. <laughs> I don't know if it's wide open. I just feel like e- any of these teams can implode. So it's dangerous to to say that they're, they're definitely in it, but um, you know, the Marlins have been very feisty. They, you know, they were like nine and one, if I'm not mistaken. And they've, they've come back to earth. They make a deal to bring in Marte back, I guess. Um, they, I just, you know, they swing they the bats. Nice, they're very... They gave up Caleb Smith, though. I mean, I thought that was a, a big... Yeah, it was a little interesting. I, I was surprised by that, too. You know, they're in. They feel, look, the Phillies are in it. I, just, I think what bothers me is no feeling like the way we've felt in the last few years about how if they'd only beaten the Marlins, who were awful, they would have done better and made the playoffs. And I feel like the Nationals, even at 12 and 20, they have a few games left against the Phillies, if I'm not mistaken, even beyond... Um, early this week. I, I, I feel like there's that opportunity where the Phillies are going to play some team that should be a win and they're going to lose. And we're going to be looking back on that and saying, well, how did that, how did Hector Neris blow a game against the pirates or something like that? And, uh, and here we are. Well, if you look at the Phillies bullpen, I did see this stat. I forget, I forget who uh, posted. I think it was Johnny Heller of Phillies nation, but uh, it was like, there's, there are eight clear games that the Phillies bullpen just straight blew. And, you know, right now the Phillies are, are sitting here at 15 and 15 as we record Monday night. If they had won four of those games, that's 19 and 11. And, of course, that's basically first place. Mm-hmm. That's half. That's, it. That, that's if their bullpen wasn't totally horrible. It was just kind of horrible, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so when you talk about at the end, if we, we figure out where they fell short, uh, that, that's right. going to be the, the real uh, – the real issue, right? I mean, it's, it's yeah, that's what because they're scoring runs. To. They score runs. They hit the here, ball. Here's how. Can... Here, sorry. Here's how I look no, at it. Uh, Philly, the Phillies' downfall is their bullpen. You can almost say was. Yeah, Hembry had a rough start or a rough outing tonight, but they they've done enough to fix it. They brought in five, six new guys. The Braves' downfall was going to be their rotation. They brought in Tommy Malone, and that's it. Both teams have good offenses. What kind of stinks? It's a good thing that it kind of stinks, but what kind of stinks is we don't play them again. Our series, yeah. series, season series is over with the Braves. Right. Now you just have to scoreboard watch. There's no chance for the Phils to get those two, two-and-a-half games back directly in a win-loss situation against the Braves. You just got to hope that, you know, when they go play the Red Sox, somehow they lose. The Phillies found a way once, but that's for another <laughs> story. They have a doubleheader against them next week. But, you know, what is going to be the Achilles heel? It's going to be the bullpen versus the starting rotation. The rotation for the Braves is going to get more exposure potentially than the Phillies bullpen. The Phillies starting staff is better than the Braves. But when you have an offense like that, I mean, both teams obviously do. But when you have an offense like that that can carry you on a night your starters just stink, that's a scary thought. And when you already have the two-and-a-half game cushion, that's, that's rough. I don't see a 2007 Mets here with the Braves collapsing 
you know, kind of at the last end. I think it's going to be a fight. I've said it before on, in, in other places that you just have to be a second-place team this year, and they just are. They're better than the Marlins, even with Marte. They're better. So let's I talk think about. The, I think yeah. I think well, I, just, to, uh, I do think they are more talented than the Marlins. For some reason, the Marlins seem a little bit more feisty and difficult to. Even when you're beating them by two or three, they always seem to come back. Um, but they are a better team on paper than the Marlins. I agree they, with that. To your fine to, to finalize the point, they were let's just say nine and one. I think that is the right answer. Well, they're fifteen and fifteen. Right. So that nine and one ended pretty quickly. <laughs> Eight and fourteen cents, right? So that's so not there that you great. go. They're not there. That's not second place. I mean, it might be right. in this division, but that's not <laughs> second place. So uh, to me, hey. this is just you're playing for second, and I'd be okay with that. And even the Phillies, the Phillies uh, perspective too. Like they, the awful bullpen is kind of behind them, right? So you got to assess right. like who are they right now. With all these with all these extra players, and it might might be more to make a difference. But the the playoffs are expanded, so the, you know it's not even like the Phillies have to um, <laughs> press that much oh, now. Just be decent. Yeah, you know, eight teams in the in in the league. I mean that that's 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 a lot. I mean, that, that, yeah. That's hockey, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's half the conference, half the um the league, basically. <laughs> I remember being a kid saying to my dad, oh, the Phillies are in third place. Could they make the playoffs? And he said to me, that's not hockey. This isn't hockey. Well, <laughs> I think we are officially in hockey territory, right? Right, Greg? Greg, Greg, Greg knows his flyers. So, I'm uh, a huge hockey it? guy. But <laughs> I, you're right. Eight out of 15 teams. I mean, you're, it's so ironic to me that the Joe Girardi-led Phillies are technically battling for a playoff spot versus the Gabe Kapler Giants. <laughs> How about that? It's and so by the way. Ironic. Well, I'll tell you to this, add it, to that irony, I'm pretty sure that the two teams in the main – I have to check this because it may have changed over the last day or two, but the two teams who have allowed the most runs from their bullpen are the Phillies and the Giants. I'm almost positive that is the case. <laughs> well, hopefully I – will, I will say this. The Phillies made more additions than the Giants have. So, uh, but, but, yeah, if you're standing here right now uh, looking at the standings, uh, the Phillies are in one of those uh, five wild card spots, <laughs> which is which sounds Real ridiculous. Uh, one game behind them is the San Francisco Giants. One and a half behind them are the Milwaukee Brewers, who traded them a late inning reliever. So I I, I don't know if they plan to stick around. Now Cincinnati Reds, uh, they're making some moves. Uh, yep. They're one and a half, or excuse me, two and a half behind. Uh, but. But yeah, here's the funny thing. Look at this 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 list. Not not everybody's really like out of it. I mean, the teams, even the Mets, they traded for Todd Frazier. I I, I don't even think Again. there's anything to talk about with the Mets because they're they're down like eight of their eight of their five starters. I mean, like, <laughs> um, not, not, I guess I was totally dismissive of them talking about this NL East, but uh, but yeah, Stephen Matz now on the IL. Uh, who who else went on the IL today? I did. I can't remember the Is other. Is McNeil one back? I know McNeil was out for them for a while. Um, they had um, they had somebody else out who who was pretty good for them. I can't. Remember, they just but... they just sent Batanzas to the IL. Right, Batanzas. Uh, that's who I couldn't yeah, think of. Yeah, Batanzas. Yeah, the one that Which everyone every wanted Phillies to fan sign. wanted. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> everyone. But you and, know what? His six ten ERA. His 610 ERA, it plays in Philly this year, apparently. I mean, that would be good. <laughs> it would be like fourth best on the team. <laughs> and, and, the, and the only reason the Mets signed him is because uh, they, they, luckily for them, Yoenis Cespedes, like, wrestled a wild boar in a ditch or something. I don't even know what the story is. We, well, I don't think we'll ever know the story of Yoenis Cespedes, but he also walked out in the middle of the year. So 
<laughs> I think we talked about Classic. that, Jeff, where he just disappears one day and he just said the hell with this and went home. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we don't, but, we don't but, have uh, to worry about the Mets until the uh, paperwork is, is dry on the, uh, on the Steve Cohen. Signature. Exactly. Then, yes, we can, that, then we can get a little bit nervous about that it. That was actually my next, my next point. The Mets might finally be sold to Stephen Cohen. I know that they, they, he was about to do it, and then the, the current owners still wanted a piece. I think they just want to keep a suite and pretend they own the team. Uh, I think they just want to keep torturing the fans. They <laughs> hate the Will Ponds. <laughs> yeah, but that's a looming threat, though. Uh, Steve Cohn with a lot of money. Uh, if, he, if he buys the Mets then successfully, then um, there'll be some money to spend, perhaps. So, but Yeah, uh, yeah. But the Mets are going to Mets, as usually mm-hmm. the case, right? So, yeah, so that's so, the thing. It's like I'm not afraid of teams that spend money. The the Angels spend as much money as anybody, and they just don't know what they're doing. You know, they just they throw money at toys. It's yeah, it's having a responsible front office and good ownership. Uh, I mean, good management. Those those are the teams that you worry about. It's it's not just that you spend money. It's where you spend money. And it's the plan behind it. And that's something that the Phillies lacked for five years was let's just try to piece together the, you know, we're hanging on to the past as much as we can with the the, the Howard, Victorino, Utley, Rollins thing. And they didn't, you know, the cupboard was dry. And then you finally get the Hazleys, the Bohms, the the Howards. And we're finally seeing that. But those picks are in the last just couple of years. Before that, that 2012, Cornelius Randolph, first round pick. Yeah, not do, good. Do we even Jonathan Singleton? Like, go, come on. <laughs> so it's it's been a rough time uh, for these high budget teams like the Phillies of just not having a plan. We're finally seeing that they've made great moves with the scouting staff. They've made good moves overall. I mean, let's call this what it is. Clintac deserves some credit for not going after Strasburg or Madison Bumgarner of the big three. He chose Wheeler, and it's paying off in huge dividends early on. Hey, Greg, a nice piece on that on sportstalkphilly.com. So, yeah, Wheeler, Wheeler, Wheeler was the right move, and they overpaid. And everybody said, oh, hey, he overpaid. But um, I, And as Jeff and I were talking about last week, they, the overpaying thing is is you can do that for a couple, but when all your talent is overpaid from the outside, that's where you get into some trouble, and the Phillies are just about there. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But one player who's not overpaid right now is Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins has a three-game home run streak. Who saw that coming, Jeff Mosher? Well, I mean, to be fair, he is a very streaky player. I didn't think he was going to bat 180 uh, all year long. It does come at an opportune time because as the cyclical nature of baseball is, you know, Bryce Harper is not as on fire as he was to start the year. In fact, I think his batting average is now under 290, and I think two weeks ago it was like 325, 330. So he's in the middle of a little bit of a slump, but that's good because guys like McCutcheon have stepped up, guys like Reese Hoskins have stepped up. So, but the question is, you know, who who is Reese Hoskins? You know, is he all of a sudden is he, is he just adjusting to this new hitting coach and the new demands and finally getting rid of the bad habits from from the last regime and he's going to start to round into form, or is he going to be a guy who goes ice cold in two weeks again and you know? walks it or, or at least takes pitches that are down the middle and good strikes. I, I don't know yet. I don't feel comfortable labeling Reese Hoskins anything right now, other than a guy who's in the middle of a little bit of a hot streak. Well, I think Reese Hoskins, when he struggles, he just takes a lot of pitches and walks, but yes. when he's, when he feels locked in, he, he swings the bat and you know what? He's, he's hitting a lot of doubles too, which is, which is pretty fantastic. Now look right now, Monday night after Monday night's game, the numbers say this Reese Hoskins has an OPS of nine forty six. 
which is greater than JT Real Muto's 884. So he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's come down a little bit. And Bryce Harper is still the leader at 999. So he dipped under, uh, dipped under one, uh, but uh, batting 284 at the moment. So uh, Reese Hoskins, 260. I mean, who knows? In, 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 a couple, in a few games, Hoskins could be right up there with him if you look at the, the, uh, the averages. But, yeah. um, but again, you know, the, he's hot now. So you want to ride that as best as you can. And what, what he did earlier doesn't matter if he's able to, to stick with it for this next month and, and finish out the season. So, I mean, we, we are literally at the this – is, this is the midway point. So there's no all-star break, but this is it. 15 and 15 as we're recording this. 30 more games to go, 30 games played. So you mentioned McCutcheon. McCutcheon now batting 270, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of these guys that the people were a little bit nervous about and where they were going, they're starting to pick it up. Even Gene Segura, who was around the 200 mark, 255. He's, he's come up. So – uh, so some, some good things are happening, and then the offense is, is definitely uh, picking up uh, along the way. Now, Scott Kingery hit the IL today. Um, they're saying it's back spasms. Now, the back has been something that's been bothering him for a while. Greg, do you think this is a, this is a new injury, or is this just some sort of way of, of getting uh, Jay Bruce back in there and telling him to you know, take a break for a while? You th- I think a lot of – there have been a lot of instances in the past where guys have had phantom injuries. I don't know if this is necessarily one of them because he looks like he's not 100% offensively, defensively. He did crash into the wall last week with an amazing catch, and he fell right on his tailbone. That could have something to do with it. I'm just speculating. I don't know. Um, but he's a guy who, who became like Reese in the beginning of the season. He became extremely pull-happy, and that's what happens when you're struggling. That's why Reese and Kutch and Gene and – Alec Bohm, who broke an 0 for 10, they're all getting their stride back because they're driving the ball the opposite way. Kingry, while he has that in his arsenal, has not been showing it. So just from the way he's been playing, the swings, you know, when he crashed into the wall last week, I think that combination probably is leading to that back injury. And I believe it. Listen, Jay Bruce hits a homer back in you know, his first game back from the IL. I don't care what the injury is for Kingry. I'll take it. I'll take Jay hitting bombs all night. So, yeah, yeah I, I think yeah. it's a real one. It is a little bit of a shame. I did crash into the wall, but he also hit the, the walk-off three-run home run, and yeah. you, were, you would kind of hope ordinarily that these would be spark plugs or a reason to start to get hot a little bit, and now he won't get the opportunity. Because I still think in the fu- for the future, they need to know whether, Reese, whether uh, Kingery is going to be a fixture in their, their middle infield or not, or in their outfield maybe, or just not, if he's just not the, the player that they thought he was uh, a few years back. And this just becomes another setback from them, for him and for them to figure that out. The most overpaid role player in baseball because they already committed all that money to him. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think the most overpaid is Odubel Herrera, who may never, ever play for the Phillies again and, and got that long deal and uh, will still be under that long deal. Talk about money on dead cap space. Uh, yeah. Odubel Herrera is, is not contributing a thing, and I doubt he ever does again. All right, so one more thing to bring up here. We see uh, uh, gets his first win, Spencer Howard. Hmm. Five innings Monday night, two earned runs, um, I thought still that was perhaps a quick hook. Uh, you know, uh, you know, this is the first time Howard has been allowed to go five innings. Um, it was enough. Uh, the relievers actually gave up four runs after him, but uh, <laughs> wasn't a totally <laughs> yeah, wasn't a totally wonderful night for Phillies relievers uh, as they beat the Nationals eight to six. But um, 
But but Spencer Howard, what what are your thoughts right now, Greg? Would 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 you let him go a little bit deeper at this point? Is is he at that point yet, or do you need to baby him a little bit more? What are your thoughts on Howard so far? Oh, he hasn't pitched in I think eleven days or so coming into this start. So I expected to see a tick off the fastball. I don't think I expected it as early as the fourth. Uh, he comes out, strikes out the first four hitters of the night, throwing ninety six, ninety seven, painting corners. His hook was true twelve six stuff. Like I hadn't seen his curveball look like that in any start maybe Toronto but Spencer's still a young guy he hasn't thrown a ton of innings this year um his fastball was sitting 92 93 in the fifth when Soto took him oppo I I kind of agree I I thought he was getting the hook after the homer so just for the fact that Joe left him in to be in line for the W uh that actually meant a lot to me I think that's something he can build on he's got the first one out of the way you know I think Losing that velocity is a bit concerning, but I'm going to chalk it up to the 11-day rest. I think his next turn in the rotation, it'll be against the Mets. Um, If he starts to lose that velocity again in the fourth or fifth, I'll start to be a little bit concerned. Um, You know, is he just another five-inning dominant guy? We've seen that before. I don't want to see it again. I'd like to think he can kind of get to that six, seven-inning place. But, yeah, if he's going to pitch six against anybody, it's going to be the Mets. By the way, if his, the if, his, if his velocity trails at, after a few innings, maybe he should be a closer. Like Whoa, Jake Arrieta should be a closer, right, the, Jeff? <laughs> the Phillies don't just don't. They just don't ever develop pitchers. Like, in, <laughs> since 2000, it's been Cole and Nola. Like, there's not – so I'm just, like, desperate for them to develop a starting pitcher and not just say <laughs> – and eh, no, he'll just go to the pen. I need this. I need this. <laughs> well, I, li- I like this guy. I like this guy, Greg. Uh, Frank, he, he's, he, we, we see a lot of the, maybe we're not on par with Neris, but we definitely are on par with the Phillies and their <laughs> lack of, uh, of ability to develop a pitcher. Absolutely. Well, so, Jeff, are they going to be able to develop Spencer Howard? Are you confident based on what you see so far? And I like Brian Price. So, Yeah, I was about to say, I think if they are, it's not going to be because of the, the upper management. It's going to be because of Brian Price and, and Joe Girardi. Um, you know, he got him his first win. He left him out there five. You know, he had 91 pitches in five innings. That's not exactly the model of efficiency. And so I can understand why they were just trying to get him out there in a, in a at one point, lopsided game and just get him the win. Uh, I'm sure that they were kind of maybe second-guessing themselves there in the seventh inning a little bit maybe. But – uh, it's good that he got it off. He, he was able to get the first win. Uh, he's been interesting in that I feel like you've seen some, as, as uh, Greg noted, some real flashes at times. That, that 12-6 hook is, is pretty deadly. But then you also see flashes of a guy who's really starting to – just still feeling himself out. Not, he's not coming up here and lighting it on fire like you've sometimes seen rookie pitchers do. But that's okay. Uh, I just want to see steady development with each start. And yes, I want to see the opportunity for him to be developed as a starting pitcher. Yeah. Well, with all the double headers up ahead, I am sure he will get his share of starts the rest of the way. And mm-hmm. you will have 30 games. So let's, uh, with, with all those double <laughs> headers. So the next 30 games, will probably have what? Five more starts. Is that about right? My math good. That, so five double headers. So there's 25 days where they're playing games. So I assume he would start five more times, right? That would put him on in line to start the finale unless they, they move some if they have to move somebody, but I, I looking ahead and in, in closing I'll just say this 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 
this is going to depend on those five double headers. I think that the way that that affects the Phillies will 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 be the story of this team. But I I do think they have a chance to slip into the playoffs. Greg, a final word: Did the Phillies go into the playoffs based on what they have now after the trade deadline? They do. They're a second place team. They could be a first place team with the Braves starting rotation. To me, the X factor of this season is that seven gamer with the Marlins. You could find yourself socially distanced from them by the time that series is over. So I'm looking forward to that. And it's right around the corner. So let's go. Jeff, final thoughts on where they stand after the trade deadline. You see, the, the only issue I have with Greg's assessment, which is an accurate assessment on its on its own, but we're not really recognizing the fact that there's probably going to be four guys that are going to be on the IL in about five days, right? Because that the Phillies just can't have too many good things happen to them. <laughs> so while they have the talent right now to be a second place team, I'm going to be holding my breath for the next week, week and a half that everybody can stay healthy and let these things settle in. If that happens, you may hear me, you know, strike a little bit more of an optimistic chord. Well, hopefully no other players get any testicular contusions and if they avoid those, the Phillies could be in a good position for a playoff spot for the first time in a long time. Well, that's it for this week's Powder Blue podcast. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher for Hunter Brody, who was off, and for Greg Hall, who joined us this week. We'll catch you next time.